Hi everybody and welcome to the video and live streaming show. My name is John Lacey. Today on the show we're going to be talking all about designing assets for your live stream. These could be things like backgrounds, overlays, banners, calls to action, all kinds of things, promotional uh, images and videos. So hang around with us and uh, I hope you'll join us today and let us know where you're watching from because we are going out to all the various places. So if you are watching live, let us know in the chat where you're watching from. It's so great to have your company today. Obviously, uh, for many of us, we've just experienced the, the Christmas holiday season. So I hope you had a good one uh, if that is something that you celebrate. And I know for me, it's been a very, very busy year. And I think in some ways, it's been catching up with me lately. So I've been resting quite a lot and doing what I can when I can. Um, and I should mention too, obviously, if you've been, if you've watched this show before, you'll know that normally I have a co-host. Sam isn't actually able to be with us today, but he should be back next week. So um, yeah, anyway, well, uh, thanks thanks for your company. Hello to Saeed, who's uh, watching from Germany, apparently watching on YouTube and commenting on LinkedIn, which I've sort of mentioned on the show is something I kind of do sometimes too, like depending on how I'm watching or listening and commenting, I can be on multiple platforms um, at the same time as well. So things are going to be a little bit different on today's show because Sam isn't here. We're going to, it's going to be a little less like structured. So if you do have comments, if you do have questions, let me know in the chat. I don't know if we're going to fill the entire hour. We'll just go for as long as I have content to share with you. But I am kind of really keen to get into this because I think in some ways when you first start out and hello to CG who's joining us in the chat as well. Great to have your company today. Sam, as I mentioned earlier, Sam isn't actually here this week, but um, I hope we have a have a great um, show nonetheless. And Insomnia Doodles is watching over on uh, YouTube, Team Live, while playing in VR. Normally, I would do this thing where I go, hey, if you're watching live, use the hashtag Team Live. I know it's going to sort of cut my head off a little bit here because of the change to the, the setup, but let's do it anyway. What the hell? So if you are watching live, uh, hit that hashtag Team Live. And if you're watching later on, hashtag Team Replay. And remember to like and subscribe wherever you happen to be watching that. So I am really, I, I'm intrigued by the, the virtual reality insomnia doodles. You'll have to tell us more about that in the future. But today on the show, we're talking all about uh, live stream assets. So obviously, you can just turn your camera on and talk to the camera, and that's great. And I think that's a really great place to start. But if you want to up the production values of your stream a little bit, often a really easy way of doing this is to design videos and, uh, and images that you can incorporate into your live stream. So today, we're going to be focusing on that. Um, I guess let's start talking about software. So before we get into the graphic software, I just really briefly want to address the difference between different types of streaming software because on the one hand, we have things like Ecamm Live and OBS Studio that actually allows you to build complete scenes. So you can have as many or as few things in that scene in terms of backgrounds and images, and you can sort of change the layering of those. If you're in a situation where you have a green screen like I do, I'm always in front of a green screen. That's why you see this particular background behind me. Uh, you can actually... Um, you can actually build things um, by layers and I can sort of have text that's sort of behind me and things that's in front of me as well. So that's that's really, really nifty. But if you are using a tool like Restream Studio or StreamYard, and these are both things that we generally advise for newbies, it's, it's a little, you've got fewer choices, but I think in some ways that's probably a good thing. So you can focus on backgrounds and overlays. 
And in, in some ways, uh, and it's funny because we do a little bit in OBS, we do a little bit of is StreamYard and we've done Restream Studio in the past. And different tools certainly offer different ways of working and, and different, uh, you know, different costs and benefits. Uh, so it's worth, worth checking those things out. So I like to think of it as, as a bit of a constraint that you can only really have a background and a foreground or an overlay in Restream Studio and, and StreamYard. But again, it's a great starting point. And I just want to um, read this comment from um, Saeed. So today I tried out my first info break in Zoom using OBS, inspired by your podcast informations during the live sessions. It worked great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I am sorry I wasn't able to join you for that. That was actually happening about uh, 5 a.m. Australian time. And normally I'm actually awake that early, but I kind of slept in this morning. So sorry I missed that one. But it's, it's great to hear that you have had a little bit of success with those those interludes so that can be really really cool so i guess in terms of the kinds of assets you might want to be creating for your live stream there are things that are actually um in the stream and there are things that are outside of the stream and it's funny the one in outside of the stream that i almost take for granted these days i kind of forget about it and when i was talking to sam and putting together our show notes for this week I completely forgot about it because I just take it for granted. But every single week, I've got to design some sort of uh, thumbnail for my videos and my live streams. And again, um, that's something you should be doing whether you're going live or you're doing an uploaded video, a video on demand, an edited video, however you want to describe that. So even if you're not going live, that's something that's worth considering. But in terms of assets that you might use in streaming software specifically, We've got things like backgrounds. Obviously, I'm in front of this this gradient because of the green screen magic that's happening behind me. Um, but that's that's an integral part of my branding. So I like to use these colors and this particular um, uh, gradient in, in most things. So that's really useful. But we can also have overlays. So we can actually bring things in on top of our scene. And I've got some, some recommendations on how you might want to do that in software like Restream and Restream Studio and StreamYard a little bit later on. But also calls to action. So again, this is not really designed for a single person, but I'm going to show you because, you know, we, we did design it. Um, often on our show, when we have the, the two cameras side by side, I'll just press a button here and it'll actually bring up QR codes for johnlacy.com on the left and samproof.tv on the right. And that way, we can actually bring those things straight onto our software. Obviously, another example of this is, you know, those prompts to like and subscribe or Team Live versus Team Replay. So you can do all kinds of things. And the great thing about those overlays, and there are two different types of overlays. One is just filling every pixel on your screen. Um, and that, that's fine. That's, that's a great way of giving you a break from being on camera. That can be really useful. And if you're talking about a particular piece of software or a product, you can actually show that on screen and give people a better insight into what that actually is. But the other one is where you're designing parts of your screen and leaving parts of it deliberately transparent so that they're not covered. And that can be a really useful way of sort of making everything a little less boxy because by definition, there are a lot of rectangles in our live streaming software. So you know, that that is certainly something else that you can consider as well. So one of my big things when it comes to software of all kinds is you have so many options these days, it's very hard to go wrong. And nine times out of 10, I find the thing that will decide this for you is your personal preference. So if something works for you, 
and you're getting the results you want, you're getting the, uh, the things out of it that you want, then by all means, stick with it. Don't, don't feel the FOMO because I know marketers are always pushing that you try the new shiny thing. And I've got a fairly unconventional uh, software choice that I'm going to talk about t later today, although some of you probably realize what that is. But I guess generally speaking, and there's free software, there's paid software, there's subscription software out there. So depending on what your budget is, depending on what you already have access to. Um, but there are a few things that I want to kind of encourage you to think about. So first of all, what are the file formats that you'll get out of your streaming, out of your graphics software? And again, we really want to see things like PNGs, uh, JPEGs, and, and GIFs. And the PNGs and GIFs are important because they're formats that support that image transparency. So especially if you're using those overlays, you want to make sure it's actually in a format that will support that transparency. And again, number two on my list actually was transparency. So it feels a little bit redundant to say that again, but if you are doing overlays that aren't going to cover the entire screen, you want to make sure that you can deal with that. Uh, the third thing on my list actually is artboards or different canvases um, within your software. And this will vary a little bit from software to software, but essentially the idea is that you can have multiple instances of what you're working on. And design is a process of trying things and, um, you know, trying themes and variations and really experimenting until you get something that's going to work for your purposes. And I'll show you a video in a little bit that'll show you a few times uh, a video thumbnail that I created. And you can quite clearly see that there are a whole bunch of things that I tried and I quickly abandoned because they just weren't working. So I want you to be okay with that because a lot of this will be experimentation. I mean, it's, it's great to know design theory and art theory and color theory. Those are all incredibly useful things to have some grounding in. But at the end of the day, there's really no substitute for trying things out and just seeing how they work together. So in, in Photoshop and Illustrator, for example, we know we can have different artboards. We can duplicate uh, different things and try them out in different ways. Hello to Carl. Um, I, I saw Carl, um, Carl's watching on, on YouTube uh, and writes, good afternoon. Um, I'm an OBS user. First time checking out your live stream. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know you left a comment earlier on one of the other videos. So great to have your company here today. Today, we're talking all about video uh, live streaming assets and how you can create those and use those in your streams. Um, normally, Sam would be joining us as well, but he's unable to be here this week. But hopefully, we'll see him again next week. And hello to Walt Strong III, who's joining us from the huddle over on YouTube. We are going to be talking about um, OBS Studio on the huddle in, I guess, about a week's time now. It's, it's coming up very, very quickly. So if you want to learn more about OBS, um, we'll be doing content on this show as well. But certainly, you can check that out over on the huddle as well, because we're really keen to talk with uh, Walter about that. All right, so we've kind of alluded to the fact that there is a lot of software out there that you can use to create graphics. And again, I really want to reiterate the point that whatever you are comfortable with, whatever you like to use is perfectly okay. I think in a lot of ways, the best thing you can do is pick something and learn it deeply because otherwise you're just jumping from software to software and you, you might know the basics, but you may not be able to do very sophisticated things with it. So let's take a step back. Let's think about some of the software options that are out there. Um, 
obviously, you know, we've got things like Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator for using raster or vector images. Uh, those are both great options. I'm not a huge Adobe fan these days. I, I've used them in the past and I do, I have a soft spot for Illustrator and InDesign, but something about the subscription model just, it, it doesn't really sit too well with me. It's, it becomes quite expensive quite quickly. But again, if those are your jam, by all means, use them and use them well. Um, a very popular choice these days, which I don't have a lot of experience with, and I was really hoping Sam would be able to show you today, but I'm going to dabble in it a little bit later on. We can learn in real time together is Canva. So Canva is actually a uh, browser-based piece of software. They have a whole bunch of templates. They have different plan options and from Canva Free up to Canva Pro and Canva for Teams. So those are things that you can do there as well. And I, again... I just want to reiterate the fact that we live in a very fortunate time where there's so much great software out there. You really can't go too wrong with any of them. Um, if you are looking for a free option, there's a piece of software called um, GIMP, which is G-I-M-P, which is actually an, um, an abbreviation of GNU, Image Manipulation Program. It's... Uh, it's vaguely Photoshop-esque. It's a little bit, um, it's not quite as elaborate, but it is literally free. So you can find that at GIMP.org and experiment with that one. But there are so many different ways of actually creating this software entirely. It's up to you. Um, okay, awesome. Uh, hello to Evan, who's joining us in the chat as well. Um, and thank you to Carl, who's who writes, um, by the way, John, glad to hear you're using uh, PowerPoint for creating graphics. Just started learning how to do that via Cat. Um, and and I, I've watched Cat's uh, content, and for the life of me, I'm not entirely confident on pronouncing her surname, but you can certainly check her out on, on YouTube. She does great stuff. Um, Saeed writes also that um, I, I like to create a mock-up with some basic shapes just to get a feeling of how the scene will look before diving into details. And he's hashtagged that one OCD. <laughs> and I think that's, honestly, that's quite a useful thing to do anyway. And some people will, will be drawn to just sketching things out on a piece of paper with a pencil or a pen. Um, that's how I used to work. Um, I, I, I usually have a pretty good sense of where I want to go. But again, in software like PowerPoint, which we'll talk about um, shortly... Obviously, they have a lot of geometric shapes built in, and it's not a difficult thing to draw them onto your canvas. It's not a difficult thing to actually combine them together and, and change the, the effects and the colors and that kind of things. Carl mentions Affinity Designer as well, which is a great one, which I forgot to mention. Um, but the Affinity software looks really good. It's uh, You sort of pay for a particular version of that software, and you get the upgrades until the major upgrade uh, comes along and it's a lot of former adobe users are very fond of that and i think honestly if i was going to invest in new software that's probably what i would be looking at uh and some of your doodles is writing that gimp is perfectly okay it is i haven't used it in years but it used to be the thing i would recommend to everybody and uh carl is is also saying that yes you know exactly that that point so adobe software is quite expensive affinity designer is is really good um, and certainly much, much less expensive. It's interesting too, um, Saeed is mentioning Figma. So it's also free for what I need and has a ton of features. I've heard a lot about Figma. I've never actually used Figma. And it's funny, um, 
in recent weeks, there was talk about, I, I think, Adobe acquiring Figma, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen anymore. So that'll that'll be something I'll, I'll need to actually check out after the show. But I guess one of the things that we've kind of already alluded to is that I do have a fairly unconventional choice when it comes to doing this kind of stuff, and it is literally this, Microsoft PowerPoint. And I know a lot of people are having a very visceral reaction to that right now, and they're going, oh my god, not PowerPoint, anything but PowerPoint. And I totally get it, because a lot of us have that the experience of death by PowerPoint. We've really been subjected to lots of... Um, Lots of words and lots of slides. We've been bored to tears in presentations and classes and stuff. And I, I get it. I, I totally appreciate where you're coming from. But I really look at this as graphic software. And it's graphic software that I already have access to um, because it's part of the Microsoft Office suite. And there's a really good chance that you might also have access to. And it's funny, I mentioned Walter um, Earlier, you know, I literally designed some some variations on a thumbnail for uh, the upcoming show we're doing with him. But you'll see in here, like, I've got all kinds of weird, wonderful things. Um, and this this slide deck actually has 336 slides. These are all things for video thumbnails. They're overlays. They're things that I want to show on the show. Um, some of these things are actually screen captures of the show, so I can design elements around them. And I'll talk more about that in more detail in a little bit. Um, you know, we've, we've got sort of random thumbnails where I've cut out the backgrounds uh, of Sam. And again, I guess that's one other thing that I wanted to recommend is that whatever software you have, make sure that it includes some sort of ability to remove the background. So here, if I go to remove backgrounds, um, you'll see in this sort of purple area that there's a whole bunch of stuff around Sam that I've gotten rid of. Um, and that's, that's a fairly easy thing to do in this software, although I just undid it. So let me just control Z to un undo that, if you know what I mean. Uh, but essentially, like, the thing I love about this, and again, you don't necessarily need to use this, but in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to video thumbnails, some weeks I'll know exactly what I want, and other weeks I'll have no idea. And the thing that I tend to do is once I have a play, I go duplicate slide, and I'll just keep rearranging elements on the screen until I'm sort of more happy with what I, what I end up with. So, I mean, here's sort of a great example. Like, you know, we started here with this version. I added some embellishments. I added some embellishments and a little bit of uh, the gear that I was talking about that week. There are some really ugly things in here too, which I never ended up using. So this one, for example, I just... I tried so hard to make this work and I, I gave up with it and we I think we ultimately ended up with something like this. So it really just depends on what you're trying to achieve. Um, but any any ability to make versions and experiment is really, really powerful. And even if you don't have artboards, even if you don't have slides, even just the ability to save as and create another version of that file can be really, really super useful. <laughs> okay um yes and and walter's and i it's funny because in some ways i'm a bit of a control freak and i apologize i didn't want to step on walter's toes or anything um but i he sent me a version that he was working on and i sort of said that's good and i realized some of the assets i gave him probably weren't a good fit for for the thumbnail anyway so I sort of rated my personal library of things that I have of me and Sam, and I tried some things out, and um, and we went from there. So, um, 
Yes, I love this too. And it's funny, it wasn't something I was going to mention on today's show, but it is a good point. So um, Saeed is saying PowerPoint works great. I used it for years. You can even create masks with it. And that's totally true. I, you know, if you are in software like OBS, um, you know, a, a lot of other software uses this as well, but the ability to actually mask you out into a circle or a love heart or a star or something like that, or even combining a whole bunch of the shapes together. So th those are, those are really awesome. Um, let's, uh, it's funny. I usually this show is incredibly structured and we have a tab structure that everything revolves around. And because I'm kind of working by myself today, it's a little bit less that way. So I'm just going to take a really short break and play you a promo. And we're going to come back in just a second and talk some more about some of the things that we can do to actually incorporate those assets into our live stream. We are constantly training our cats every interaction that we have with them. Mm -hmm. So... When Johan would get on my counter before, you know, this is 10 years ago before I was the cat expert that I am now. Johan would jump on the counter. What was the first thing I did? I'd say his name. Johan. Well, he loves that. That's yeah. a reward for him. He mm -hmm. said, you, you just said my name. I would go over to him and I'd talk to him and be like, you can't be on the counter. Johan loves when I talk to him. Ding. That's another reward for Johan. I'd pick him up and put him on the ground, but I didn't want him to think I was mad at him. So when I'd pick him up, I'd pick him up very nicely and kiss him on the head and say, I love you, but you can't be here. I put him on the ground. I had just done three things that rewarded him for being on the counter. So I was encouraging him to continue doing that. And that's a promo for Sam's podcast, Just Kitten Around, which is all about kittens and fostering. And if you want to learn more about that, you can head over to cuteavalanche.com. This is the video on live streaming show. I'm John Lacey. Normally, Sam Proof would be joining me today, but he can't be here this week, but he should be back next week. So um, I hope you'll enjoy my company today as we talk about sort of incorporating um, live streaming assets into your live stream, but also how you can create them yourself and some things that you might want to think about. Okay, so... Um, it, it's funny, I've got so many thoughts and ideas to share with you, but just briefly, because I did kind of allude to this before, and if you are joining us for the first time, you may not be aware of this, but essentially, uh, this show normally, when, when Sam is here, we normally have sort of this tab sequence. So we really have six, sec uh, we have six segments on the show. We have a welcome, we have segment one, two, three, four, and then sort of a goodbye section. And the thing that we normally do um, on the show via the software is to actually have these these tabs. And again, I, I literally just duplicate this each week. I right-click and go duplicate slide. I come in, I change the, the text here. I drag um, these up and I actually save four versions of these files. So I've got the, the blue, the green, the orange, and the yellow. And then I usually bring them into StreamYard, which is the software that we generally use for this stream. There's a little bit of OBS magic in everything I do because I am kind of physically in front of a green screen 24-7. So, um, you know, you could certainly bring it into OBS as well. Um, I almost did that this morning. I was having some issues getting the green screen to look quite the way I wanted it to do. So we kind of um, left that to one side and decided to just sort of ad-lib a little bit today. But, you know, these, these are literally just some geometric shapes that I've combined here. And it's sort of a template. And it's funny... In some ways, this is more about just keeping us on on tasks and on segments, but we've got so many compliments from from different people. And I think it's really, really useful to think about 
visually showcasing where your content is going. And the, the other benefit of that is that, um, you know, sometimes if people are watching the show afterwards, they're on YouTube, they want to get to a particular part they, they want to watch in particular, um, they can literally just sort of drag through until they see that that tab is in the background. So that's another useful thing. Obviously, it doesn't have to be a tabbed uh, interface in the way that I presented it here. I've seen a lot of people with different segments on the side of their screen. Um, and, you know, maybe they change color when you're on a particular segment. I think that's really, really useful. But anyway, let's let's talk about branding generally. So I think it's really important that people know you by the look and feel of your content. And I guess in some ways, and I don't mean to vilify Canva because I think Canva is is awesome. But I think one of the things about Canva is they give you lots of templates and you can potentially pay for other templates as well. And for a lot of non-designers, that seems like a really great place to start. And I think it can be. I don't want to be critical of people using templates, but I think the thing you need to be careful of really is one, that you don't look like everybody else because there are trends. And I know sometimes people will see um, a thumbnail style and they'll be like, that is that is the quintessential YouTube thumbnail. All my thumbnails need to look like that. And I think that's okay to an extent, but it is also potentially a bit of a trap because you don't want to look like everybody else. I think when people see your content, they really need to, if they already know who you are, they need to sort of understand that that is your content. And I guess on a personal note, as someone who listens to a lot of audio podcasts, and the way I listen to my audio podcasts, I have my subscriptions, I refresh my feed, I'll go through the list and I'll see what looks interesting to me. And because individual episodes actually have um, can have different artwork, sometimes I've actually skipped episodes of my favorite shows just because they didn't look like my favorite show. And sometimes I'll go back and realize that and actually, uh, you know, come back in and watch it properly. But we kind of want to find a balance between having some visual consistency, having some brand consistency so people know it is you and it's your content, but also not doing the same thing week in, week out all of the time. Like we do want a little bit of variation. And I know that's that probably sounds a bit grandiose. That probably sounds a little bit tricky. So I don't want to gloss over the fact that that requires some effort. But again, you know, think about the colors that you're using, the, the fonts and typefaces that you're using, the way you treat images and whether you have logos and things and how you incorporate those into your imagery. Because I think really what we're looking for is that um, we really want to see some consistency, but again, we don't want everything to be identical um, because that, that in itself can be a trap. Um, Saeed makes a great point. So Elgato have their own marketplace now and they've got a whole bunch of assets. Some of them are free. Uh, they include things like overlays, uh, frames, even music and, uh, and sound effects. So if you do have a stream deck, for example, you can go into the software and check that out. Um, there are some good things in there. Again, it's kind of, I, I guess... <laughs> And I don't want to, I don't want to step on anybody's dreams when I say this, but um, sometimes, especially for beginners, especially if you don't have a background in design, it can be so tempting to want to add all of the fancy flashing things and all of the colors and all of the fonts. And for me, that doesn't usually make a particularly consistent design experience. And it's funny, I, and I think I've spoken about this before, but um, certainly on TikTok, um, 
there are people that are designing videos that like everything flashes, everything beeps, everything is going at a hundred kilometers per per second. And I actually personally find that really overwhelming and I usually skip away from those things. And I have no doubt that that actually is really useful content for somebody out there, but again, it's not for everybody. And Insomni Doodles uh, writes that that's a great point. It's important to have your own style. And again, you know, don't feel bad if you don't have that coming out of the gate because you will need to experiment with things. And I think like it was really useful, I think, to show you some of the, the mistakes um, that have happened in that PowerPoint deck because I, I've i done a lot of visual design stuff. I've, I've developed websites. Um, that's kind of my background. But even I, you know, every week, and I, I sort of joked that this was the bane of my existence actually creating um, uh, sort of video thumbnails because some weeks I really do have a good sense of what I want. And other weeks I'm just like, I don't know how to reinvent the wheel. And again, I think you just need to sort of be patient with yourself and, uh, you know, try things out and just see how you go. All right. So um, I'm going to, we're going to, I guess let's, let's talk about... Um, overlays and uh you know how we can actually work with these things because i know some of the stuff i've spoken about is quite theoretical uh we'll come back in just a second and get into some some more practical things that you can try out and then i looked at the first assessment and the first assessment was record a five minute video and it was a pretty simple introduction of yourself there was nothing exciting i didn't have to research it was just a five minute warm-up and I freaked out. That course is still sitting in the cupboard beside me. I see that stack of papers and I almost rock in the corner. It cost me a lot of money to sign up and I, I threw the whole course away. And that's a short clip from my podcast, Build a Presentation Muscle. It's all about uh, showcasing your expertise through content creation. And that was Michelle J. Raymond talking about overcoming her fear of being on camera. And again, I know I've mentioned it on previous shows, but she she signed up to do an online course. She had to in, uh, introduce herself via a video camera. She couldn't bring herself to do it. And if you if you know her these days on LinkedIn, uh, she's speaking at Social Media Marketing World next year. So I mean, it's it's a massive transformation. And I love to use her as an example. But if you want to learn more about that, uh, head over to johnlacy.com. But today on the show, um, the video and live streaming show, we're talking all about creating and using live stream assets. So um, let's, I mean, let's, let's just, again, let's talk about PowerPoint because it is kind of literally my favorite thing. So again, um, and I've got so many things going on here. I guess that's, that's one of my projects for the new year is going to be, you know, simplifying this a little bit because I've got all kinds of weird, wonderful stuff happening here. But again, I sort of showed you how we can remove the background in software like PowerPoint. That's an incredible, useful thing to do for video thumbnails. But let's actually just, I'm going to right click in here, create a new slide and show you some of the other things that I think are really quite useful as well. So we alluded to the fact that um, we have a whole bunch of shapes here that we can use. So We've got rectangles, triangles, stars. We've got all kinds of weird, wonderful stuff. You can certainly bring those onto your canvas. Um, if I hold down the shift key, uh, that will make that sort of a more of a perfect circle. I can do whatever I want. I can change the fill. I can have gradients. I can put pictures. I can do all kinds of stuff there, change the colors. Um, I can do similar things for the outline. We've got different weights and styles that we can use. Often I will just go with no outline. 
Um, but the great thing about this is that you can actually, it's very easy to combine shapes in PowerPoint in the way that you might in Illustrator. So if I wanted like a, a really particular style of um, shape, so maybe I'm going to have a circle at the top and maybe more of a rectangle at the bottom, um, I can, I might get rid of the outline there. I can actually hold down the shift key, grab these two things together. And I guess the other thing I should mention too, is that, um, when you first, this was one of the things I struggled with a little bit when I started in PowerPoint is that just finding the selection panel. So if you click any kind of shape or object on your, your canvas and go to the shape format option and go to the selection panel, this is actually the point where you can make things visible or um, invisible. You can actually change the order. So if you want something else on top, you can literally just drag it up and, and put it there. You can actually lock things too. So if you don't want to accidentally move something around, that's really useful. But if I hold down um, the control key and grab both of those together and go back to the shape format, I can actually merge these shapes. And we've got the ability to create the union, do a um, com combination, which actually takes out the bottom part of that circle. We can do the fragments. We can do the intersection, which is only sort of half a circle at the bottom. And we've got the subtract option, which just leaves you with the top. So it's really easy to create compound shapes. And that can be really, really useful as design elements. You can also use them for masks as um, Saeed sort of alluded to earlier. Um, another great thing, and again, I'm just gonna, because he's not here, I'm gonna pick on Sam. I'm gonna just copy this that I've already cut out the backgrounds. I can paste him in. I can, you know, I can certainly resize this. Maybe I wanna crop this. So in this case, there's obviously a lot of stuff around Sam, which has no detail. And that, that in itself isn't a problem, but it might just be easier if I bring this in a little bit. And I, you probably see, if you're watching the video of this, um, that it's, it's added some alternative text to a person with his mouth wide open and, and mouth open. So that's a little bit redundant. It says the same thing twice, but essentially there you are. And the great thing about sort of taking away the background is if I go, if I select the picture of Sam and I go to picture format, I can actually go to picture effects. And this is kind of my favorite thing, I think probably about this. So often, and you'll, you'll see this a lot. Um, so you've got the glow effects and you can hover over that. Different colors will be uh, more obvious on that backgrounds. But anyway, I the thing you'll see on a lot of my thumbnails is that I will have this white glow around Sam and myself. But you do also have shadows. I can put a bit of a shadow there if I want him to, to look um, there on there. I can also have reflections. So again, I might need to drag this up into the frame, but I can reflect him as well, which is really nifty. Um, these are these are really, really simple things to do. And the other thing too, is if you're not happy with these presets, you can always go down to the options at the bottom. It'll bring up um, a whole bunch of options on the side here. And again, if you want to go back to the selection options, you can click them from there. So that's all great. And I guess, um, in some ways, you know, we can design that, we can add our text. So let me talk about how we do that. If I just go to insert, I can grab a text box. I can drag that out. I can use my fonts. I use a lot of open sans. So we'll go open sans, extra bold. Um, we'll just say winning <laughs> for want of better expression. And I, again, Especially for video thumbnails, just make sure you make everything really, really large because it'll be so tiny by the time you get to see it on 
possibly not quite that large, but certainly um, at least 100, 180, I think is, is good going. And again, I mentioned this earlier, but if we want to change the order of this, maybe I want to drag Sam on top. I can grab the picture there. And again, if you're working with a really elaborate design, it's a good idea to double click in here and actually rename our sources. So we'll go Sam, hand up. And I'll come in and say, change the text box to winning. And we can do whatever we like from there. We can change the colors. We can add the gradients. We can, we can do all kinds of stuff. And that's really, really useful. I'm just going to switch back here for a second and check in with the chat because I haven't done that in a little while. Okay, nothing new there to report right now, but that's okay. All right, so I, I guess the other thing, and I've, I've kind of alluded to the fact that um, it's really useful to actually design things with transparency. So I'm going to go back up through my list. And um, I think it's this one actually here. So if, especially if you're using software like StreamYard uh, or Restream Studio, you often have very specific layouts to work with. And the thing that I kind of recommend to a lot of people is take a screenshot of your screen, paste it into your software, no matter what you're using, and actually design the elements around it. So again, this is the example I mentioned earlier where we have the QR codes for johnlacy.com and sandproof.tv on either end of the, the, the screen. Um, I can sort of toggle that on and off with the visibility on the side. And the thing that I do want to mention here is that if I just go to file, save as, and save this, it'll have a solid white background. So if you do want to preserve that transparency in PowerPoint, what you want to do, and I've already kind of done it here, is that I've got a rectangle that I've drawn out across the shape and I've just made it no fill and no background. And now if I actually select that rectangle, that'll maintain the size of the entire canvas, but it'll also maintain that transparency. And I can sort of come in here and I can select the other things that I want to do. I can right click somewhere here and go save as picture. And when you save as picture, you can select PNG or GIF and actually save in a way that preserves that transparency. So that's a bit of a, a trick for PowerPoint in particular. Again, I know it's not really the software that we think of when we think of graphic software, but I did really kind of want to draw it out. So I guess the other thing that I should mention in the interest of fairness is, is Canva. So again, if Sam was here, he'd talk about, about this in more detail because he uses it a lot more than I do. Essentially, we have different plans with Canva. We can start for free, but there are a number of features kind of missing. And one of those is actually the ability to uh, remove those backgrounds. So if you want to do that, you kind of need to look at the pro version. The prices you, you'll be seeing on the screen are in Australian dollars. So again, check this page, uh, which is just canva.com forward slash pricing um, in your local currency and just see what you're working with. But I know lots of people do use the, the free version. And I guess if you did want to use this and you had something else or another way of removing the background, that might not be such a big deal. Canva obviously has a whole bunch of templates. So I've literally just searched for the word thumbnail here. I've gone into the, the filters and just selected uh, the free price range because I don't, don't want to spend any money. And again, we've got a whole bunch of different options from different people. Um, some of these, I don't know, they, they seem more compelling to me than others. And there are definitely some typos in the examples that they use. So I, again, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But 
if I click on one of these, it'll sort of tell me who created it. It's 100% customizable, edit and download on the go, share and publish anywhere. I can click on this customize this template option. And again, it'll just load in the background. And I should be able to change most elements here. Again, the, the one thing that sort of threw me when I was trying this out earlier is just the inability to remove the background without the, the pro version. So again, if that's important to you, um, you might need to upgrade, but certainly I can come in here. Um, I should be able to change this. So we could say, learn OBS Studio. And maybe I want to bring OBS Studio down here and go in 2024. You know, I could change the colors. Um, again, it's a little, it's it's kind of the difference between working with your own designs. And I know that they do have sort of their own brand options. And I think, again, that might be a pro feature. Um, so yes, so try Canva Pro for the brand options. But again, here you can bring your logos and your colors and, and different elements in there. So I don't think templates are a bad place to start, but I don't think they should be the place that you end. So again, if you need to sort of work on building out something for yourself personally, that, that might be worthwhile doing it. Um, pro version, pro version of PowerPoint. Uh, no, that's that's definitely the, the pro version of, uh, of Canva. Um, interestingly, and I haven't used it in forever, but you can actually sign up for a free version of Microsoft Office 365, which is the browser version of their software, um, for free. So I don't, I, my memory is that it doesn't have all the same sort of options, um, as the, the downloaded software version, but I'm just bringing up another screen that I can show you. So this is... You know, this is use we use Word, Excel, PowerPoint more for free on the web. Um, so you can literally come in here and sign up for that and use it in the browser. I don't, I haven't used it in many, many years, but again, it's probably a good place to start. Um, looks like there are even uh, Office uh, mobile apps as well. So I don't know that I'd really want to be designing things on my my phone, but that might be an option for you as well. But I guess the big thing is if you if you have the Microsoft Office suite, you're kind of already paying for PowerPoints. And if you've got it, you might as well give it a go. Um, and again, I know in some ways it is kind of my uh, my personal <laughs> bias here, um, but I've, I've really, really liked it. And again, um, Saeed saying uh, no transparency is the reason why I do not like using Canva. So again, there are definitely ways around it. And honestly, whatever works for you, is fine. Like, don't let anybody make you feel bad about the choices that you make and, and the things that you use. So, um, Walter is also mentioning that uh, the background removal is a game changer for him in Canva and the pro version is $12.95 per month uh, with the US dollars. So that's, that's really good to know. Um, okay, I'm. it's funny, we had no chat and then we had a whole bunch of chat. So I'm just catching up. Um, Carl is, is asking, all the slides you're showing in PowerPoint, do you save each one as a PowerPoint slide and save them as an image? No. What I do is I will actually go to, um, in fact, let me show you. So what I do is like, I will design and it, something here. Um, when I'm happy with that, I will go to File, Save As. And I will change the format. And I will say example thumbnail, give it a name, 
go save. Um, okay, interestingly, I already have a file called that, so let's uh, let's change that again, and I'll say another example thumbnail, and I'll go save, and here it'll say which slides do you want to export, all slides or just one. So. In this case, because I only want to do one slide, I will just go just this one. That'll export that version of that particular slide as an image. And again, I save that as a PNG. So that's generally how I work. If you do happen to have a collection of slides, um, you know, if you're, if you're, and I know Walter does this um, uh, quite a bit, and it may not be the way that he gets there, but um, certainly using slides in your uh, your streams, you could say all slides, and it will actually save all those individually. So it just depends on what you want to do. And I know um, Carl mentioned earlier that he is an OBS user, and if you check out my channel in the Learn OBS Studio videos, I do have a whole thing about using the slideshow options in OBS, and I talk about exporting from PowerPoint in there as well. So that could be something that, that might be useful as well. Okay, so I mean, I love I love all the interaction we've, we've got today. It's really, really awesome. Um, I guess the thing I want to talk about finally... Um, and again, like this just depends on who you are, what you do. Um, but we, we talk about calls to action on this show a lot. And ideally, we want people in our audience to do certain things for us. And again, on this show, we're not really asking for money for the most part. I know we do promote Sam's uh, live production services sometimes. But for the most part, we're really just encouraging you to go and check out our other content elsewhere. So our podcasts and our newsletters and different things. So again, whatever that looks like for you, um, just just keep in mind that you can actually design assets around that, whether it is in video software. Obviously, you've seen some of our promos earlier today for our different shows, but even uh, image overlays. So if you don't already know, and again, I'm just finding this in my list of things, but I do have the Learn live streaming newsletter over on LinkedIn. So this is kind of just an image overlay that I designed earlier. If you go to johnlacey.com forward slash news, you'll find that on LinkedIn. There are some thumbnails of different um, newsletter articles I had there, but I've also got the OBS Learn OBS Studio newsletter. So again, that has a little bit less content, but it's much more geared for a very specific audience. And in some ways, you know, we've got uh, we've got some imagery here, and again, that could be anything for you. Um, I, I took a I've got examples here about the Atom vertical plugin, the image slideshows, which I mentioned like five seconds ago, and also the, the virtual camera. So those are things that you can check out. But I you'll see at the bottom, we've got the URL. It's fairly easy to remember. In this case, johnlacy.com forward slash OBS news. But we've also got a QR code. So if you're watching this on your TV or your computer and you've got your phone free, you could just take a photo of that and go there directly. Again, um, it could be that maybe you've got a banner that's going to pop up on your screen at the at some point during the show. Um, things like StreamYard um, and Restream, they, they do have banner options built into them, but they're reasonably basic. And like if you're promoting a book, maybe you want a picture of the book as well as some information, maybe the title, maybe a URL to, to buy it. Um, you could certainly design those as well. Um, Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted by the chat, but it's all incredibly lovely. You, you guys are the best. I, 
I was a little nervous about doing this without Sam, but you you are all wonderful. So again, um, thank you. Um, Carl is just saying that um, that's kind of how he does it. Save as a picture and save as a PowerPoint slide too. Sometimes I'll create an animation slide too. And again, that's, that's a little outside of the scope, but that's totally true. Um, you can create sort of animated videos and just bring the out of PowerPoint, save them as MP4 files, bring them into either your video editing software or straight into your streaming software and be ready to go. Um, Saeed has mentioned that he watched the slides in OBS video about an hour ago. Didn't know you can export slides as images um, that easy in PowerPoint. And uh, Carl mentioned that he watched uh, the video on PowerPoint and created a thumbnail slide to use on the YouTube channel for the videos. So, I mean, it's it's so nice to hear you guys actually taking these ideas and running with them. It's really, really awesome. I do appreciate you being here so much. Um, I guess if you've got any other questions, uh, and again, um, it's, it's a little bit looser than it normally would be. So, I mean, I'm happy to entertain any any questions that you guys have got. Let me know in the, the, the chat, but it's just been really, really wonderful having you here. Um, and again, like, start wherever you are and, and do the thing. Don't don't feel bad. Don't feel like you have to take on the world. These are all just ideas that you can experiment with. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, a, a lot of these things are just inherently fun to me and I think to Sam as well. Like, we love sort of doing this, working with different designs, working on how we can use a live streaming and video creation to, to bring you interesting ideas to think about. But again... More than anything, we just want to encourage you to try stuff and have fun with it and, and really enjoy it. Um, so, yes, um, you know, and again, like, I, you can go to so many places on YouTube. They'll tell you that your video thumbnail needs to be a certain way. I don't know if that's technically true. I just want to really focus on creating something that I'm proud of sharing because, again, I've got to promote any of the events that we schedule. So I want it to look good. I want it to reflect my brand personality. It's got my my fonts and my colors and, and my embellishments. And again, it's difficult to overstate, um, you know, we've been doing this show for over a year now, every single week. Sam's missed a few, but I've been here every single time. And this is kind of show 60. So I've, I've, I feel like I've learned a lot. I know, I know sometimes it's it's worked better than other times. And I'm going to actually go right back into the archives of this PowerPoint and I'll share my screen in just a second. And I'll just show you where I started. And I'll show you about some of the things I don't think worked particularly well, but there was there were a number of things that I just needed to get over. Um, so let me just share that screen with you again. In the beginning, um, and, and when I say that, like a year and a bit ago, uh, <laughs> when I created video thumbnails, I was personally very self-conscious. I didn't want to fill up the frame. I wanted to have lots of text. I wanted to have tiny versions of Sam and I in here. And that was not good, but it was kind of something I needed to get over and I needed to play with. So, you know, I mentioned earlier how tiny these things will appear on phones. You know, we are so small in this frame. It is comically ridiculous. And it took me, like, it's, it's a purely psychological thing. And you can see over time, like, you know, it's, it's some examples, we got even smaller. But after a while, I realized I really need to be front and center. I need to, to be a little bit larger. The other thing you might notice as I scroll through this PowerPoint is I only really had the one image of Sam for the longest time. And um, he was very kind recently that he, he did an entire photo shoot. So I've got a whole bunch of options to choose from now. So... That's really awesome. But 
you know, I, I, I guess I just want to reassure people that all of this stuff takes time and it's okay to just be okay where you are and just keep trying. And again, like there are all kinds of examples here that are just shocking that just never worked, but I just needed to try them to get them out of my system. Um, the other thing too, and I mentioned the newsletter, Learn Livestream newsletter, I will take the video thumbnail for this show and I will fill it a uh, part of it. And sometimes if I've got other segments in that week's newsletter, I will just have this section here as well. So the great thing about that is when you have all your elements on the canvas, you can rearrange them to your heart's content. So that's another thing that I think is really, really worthwhile exploring. All right, let me just check into the... Um, yes, uh, and people are commenting on the uh, the wonderful um, the photo shoot idea. It's, it's funny. And again, Sam is such the quintessential old school um, YouTuber. So... He's pulling all the the fun and 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 funny facial expressions. It's it's really quite hilarious, um, and I've got a, I've got a whole bunch of those to work with. So that's that's been really really useful. It's funny um, because of my setup, and I I I think I've got an image here. I'll show you really really briefly if it's still in my brand assets. I have a feeling it probably is. So this is essentially my teleprompter unit. I've got the camera, it's the Sony ZV-E10 inside of the teleprompter. I've got a field world unit underneath it reflecting that. Um, you can just see um, to the edges of those that I've got a couple of key lights. So when I actually need thumbnails myself, I just literally sit in this chair and I take some some photos and I, I'll put a button on my stream deck and just you know pull a facial expression and hit a button. And then I'll bring it into PowerPoint, then I'll remove the backgrounds and, and, and play around with it in that way. Um, I must admit, my photos are generally more head and shoulders than, and, and the ones that Sam did are a lot more, they're not full body, but you certainly see a lot more of him than you see of me. And again, sometimes I play that down by cropping him and making him larger, and other times I just think it, it actually works pretty well, so... Um, sometimes I will literally have props like today's show. This is this photo of me holding a, a real wooden palette um, back when I was actually painting and stuff. I, I had a few accessories around. So that's literally just me turning on my camera, uh, having the pose, pressing a button to take the, the photo. And then I've just got that on my computer. I bring it into my software and I tweak it as I feel is necessary. So again... Um, the other thing, and I'll we'll probably play this at the end of the show, but a, a, another thing that I think is quite useful is the ability to have overlays that include things for end cards. So on YouTube, you've got sort of 10, 15 seconds at the end of the video. Um, this is just a background, and on top of it, we usually have three videos at the bottom. Um, although on my channel, I say three videos, really. One of them's a video that YouTube recommends. One of them's a playlist for this show. And one of them's an option to subscribe to the Learn Live Streaming Newsletter. So that can be really useful. And things like this. And again, it's a great opportunity for me to remind you to like and subscribe wherever you happen to be watching. I hope it's been useful content for you. Um, and again, I have really appreciated your company here today. It's been great to have such a, a robust um, chat. So... Thank you so much for, for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Sam, and he will be hopefully back next week, you can head over to samproof.tv. I don't know if I've got a, um, a thumb. I, I don't think I do, actually. Let me just edit this one really quickly. So Samproof, um, he's been... And again, if, if you're new here and you don't know Sam, uh, he 
actually helps foster kittens and he live streams them almost 24-7. You can learn more about him over at sandproof.tv um, and also cuteavalanche.com. And it's funny, the minute I pressed that button to show that on the screen, I realized I did already have a banner for him, but that's okay. Um, but certainly if you want to see more cute kitten content, you can head over to cuteavalanche.com as well. If you want to catch up with anything I'm doing, um, certainly subscribe to the, the YouTube channel. I would love you forever if you did that. That's youtube.com forward slash at learn live streaming. A lot of content about video, live streaming and content creation generally. And, uh, you know, if you want to check out the articles and the social links and stalk me or whatever, um, you can certainly do that over at johnlacey.com. So, again, uh, I've got a couple of minutes before we officially wrap up, so I'll check in with the chat as well. Um, and thank you, Carl, uh, so much. Uh, he just writes, you're welcome, John. Glad I discovered your channel. I really appreciate that. Again, I, I know it's it's one of those things, and I know, just noticed um, Saeed has a question here, which is a good one. Um, so did you ever experience performance issues based on the number of assets or images used in OBS? This is a great point because it certainly is a thing that happens. The more you can, you can add, in theory, you can add an endless number of sources to OBS Studio, but the reality is at some point, there's a really good chance that your computer is going to fall over. Um, I have ordered a brand new computer and my computer, the current computer I'm using is an Intel i9. It's not an old computer. It's not a particularly slow computer, but I kind of want to really put it through its paces. So I've, I've ordered this amazing, rather expensive uh, machine. And I've just heard yesterday that it's, it's been built. It's been tested. They're going to ship it to me uh, sort of mid next week. Uh, so that will be really, really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that, but it is, yeah, it is certainly a thing. And I guess my advice to anybody using OBS Studio is that you can create different scene collections. And my big thing is that I kind of like to have a scene collection that is just for one specific purpose. And, uh, you know, I, I have one that's just inter interviewing only. So it has very little on it. It has me, my backgrounds, uh, the chroma key, uh, probably my logo, and really not too much else. And I'll have other scenes that will have, you know, bouncing animated videos and, and, and images and different inputs and stuff. So it's really important to sort of keep it relatively simple. And I guess the other thing I have noticed in the past is that sometimes if I play a video via OBS Studio, it's a little jittery at the beginning. And it could be that that's a reflection of my settings. It could be a reflection of my computer. I'm going to try out a lot of that stuff in the new year when I have the new computer because I really love StreamYard. I think it's really, really useful, but there are some fun, nerdy things that we can do in OBS that I can't do in StreamYard. So I kind of want to revisit some of that stuff. I have noticed that some of my old favorite plugins don't work with the current version of OBS. So that in itself is, is going to be a bit of a learning experience. But we're certainly going to... Um, talk about that more and i think next week we're talking about obs on this show but i need to clarify that with sam we're certainly talking about obs with uh walter strong the third on the huddle so if you don't know walter check him out on youtube um yeah i i guess it's really something you need to try and test and i know that um say does some really fun stuff with obs studio so i think sometimes you've just got to weigh up what you're hoping to achieve versus the resources of your your personal computer and 
really trying to evaluate if it's worth the the extra load. So I, you know, I try to simplify things. I like to keep them nice and easy. But um, yeah. And um, Carl is mentioning too that he's upgraded his graphics processing unit and upgraded uh, his RAM to 128 gigabytes today. So. Um, and a SSD card. Yes. That is the other thing. Like I've, it's, it's funny. Cause it, I swear it was only a year or two ago that I got this computer. And it's funny when you reflect on things and you go, when I bought this computer, I didn't really understand what a, what a graphics processing unit was. I didn't feel like I needed one. Um, I definitely feel like I need one now. And I've definitely got a good one for the price point I was prepared to pay. And the other thing too is just the sheer quantity of data that video takes up. And we've got the show itself. I might have individual recordings as well. I might have recordings from the Rodecaster Pro, which is just the audio, but it's untreated audio. So I can go in and tweak that myself. Um, my hard disk space is so full. Uh, some of you may have known um, during uh, the day after Christmas, my network attached storage, my NAS unit just stopped working. And I don't know why. And I'm really hopeful that the hard drives themselves are okay, but I don't currently have any way of testing that. So again, my, com my new computer, it's funny because when I ordered it, even the guy at the company was like, are you sure you need this kind of computer? This seems, this seems excessive. And I'm like, no, I know. I just want to... I want to buy the best thing I can right now. I don't want to have to upgrade for at least five years. I want to have all the space. Um, and even like the, we didn't really talk about it today, but I use a program called TechSmith's Camtasia to do a lot of my video editing. And I can't, I can't edit video that isn't physically on this computer. Like I can't get stuff from the network. It doesn't, just doesn't like that. Um, so that, that is, uh, that is a real thing. So there's a lot to unpack there again. I know it's funny on this show, we sort of, we, we like to talk to beginners and we like to talk to advanced people. And I guess I don't want to overwhelm anybody that's watching this, that, that doesn't need to know about all the high end stuff, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that we are playing with things. We are experimenting and we are upgrading. So again, um, Yes, absolutely. And and Carl's writing that um, Heater is a big killer of computer internals. So don't forget to make sure your computer, especially laptops, have plenty of moving air through them. And uh, Insomnia Doodles um, is sending me sympathy about the network <laughs> attached storage. So I, I appreciate that. That's, you know, and again, we just need to try stuff and see where we end up. I don't, I see lots of people Lots of self-styled experts that are like, you're doing it wrong. And by it, we mean everything. I'm the only one that can help you. And I don't, I don't think that's useful for anybody, regardless of where they're at. I, I think what we need more is encouragement and tools and the ability and the freedom to just do what makes sense for us. So again, I feel like I'm waffling a little bit, but thank you so much for your company this week. We will be back next week. Um, Check out the, the various channels for the invite when that is available. Um, again, if you want to check out anything I'm doing, you can head over to johnlacey.com. But have a have a great uh, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Have a great New Year's Eve as well. Um, I will talk to you in the new year, if, if not before. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. So take care, everybody.